psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. mainly due to some guest cancellations, a little bit of my schedule, some other things, but have no fear, we have returned. A couple things to get out of the way before we start. I'll just say today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic, M-I-K-E-D-E. L-I-C. And it's great, actually. So uh, I love um, Audible. I'm an Audible listener. If you're not an Audible listener, check it out. It's amazing. They have all kinds of books on there. And uh, just like a podcast, you know, you listen to it. Uh, Sometimes I find myself in situations where I can't read. I don't have the time. I'm not in the place. And I just pop in my headphones at the gym, whatever, in the car. And it's great. Audible.com is great. And um, I love getting books read by the author. A couple ones that I read recently are Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday and uh, Choose Yourself by James Altucher. And he reads the book in kind of a, um, I guess you'd say like a conversational style. He doesn't really stick word to word. So the book is actually different from the Audible book uh, or audio book rather. So check that out, audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic and you get a free book download and a 30-day free trial. Um, also, you can go and see that link there on my website, as well as an Amazon link. And now that we're approaching, I guess the holidays are coming up, people are going to be buying stuff. A lot of people buy things on Amazon already. So if you're a fan of the show and if you like the show and you want to support me a little bit, all you have to do is go to my website, mikebrank.com, B-R-A-N-C.com. And uh, just you'll see, I think right on my homepage, there's the Amazon link and you just click that link when you click through you can then bookmark it and save it and anytime you buy anything on Amazon I get a small percentage I think it's like four percent or something like that so you'd be helping me out at no extra cost to you Um, I also have a Wim Hof sponsorship up there I've talked about Wim Hof plenty of times on the podcast before I think it's a great program I've been doing it now for seven eight weeks I think I'm in uh, now and it's really been great it's a breathing meditation exercise so if you click through that link as well I get a little tiny commission off that as well so audible.com audible trial slash mikeadelic um, 
and uh, audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic and Amazon link on my website and Wim Hof. And those are the sponsors and the uh, promotions and whatnot. So you can help support the podcast that way. And hey, if you can't, if you don't shop on Amazon, if you don't do any of that stuff, you can help the podcast just by leaving an iTunes review. Just go to iTunes, leave a rating and review, and it helps tremendously. And I'm so thrilled at all the reviews that have come in. They're so great. Um, so many people have said some nice, really nice things. And uh, I really appreciate it. So that helps the podcast, helps it grow, helps uh, spread awareness, because that's what we're trying to do here at Mike Adelic. And when I say we, I mean me, because I'm alone today. We had a, uh, a guest lined up for today, but uh, they had to cancel last minute with uh, an, an illness. So I hope they're feeling better and we'll reschedule for another time. But that being said, I do do, I do do, I do, <laughs> I do, I don't really have a format technically for the show um i don't really have a format for my life so i kind of uh just kind of keep it whatever i feel like doing um sometimes i'm going to tell you guys stories like that ayahuasca segment uh that i that i did i think that that would be cool um sometimes i'm just going to do what i'm going to do today which is kind of rant about some things that are on my mind and then sometimes i'm going to have guests on i think i want to have more guests on because I was thinking about it. I have this podcast and it's doing pretty well. And, you know, it gives me an opportunity to reach out to people that I want to I want to talk to that I want to pick their brain a little bit about. So uh, I'm going to try and bring some more guests on. But that being said, we do have like three amazing guests lined up uh, coming up. So for future episodes, you're really going to want to um, subscribe and uh, and get to. Get the new Mikeadelic episodes because we got some great guests coming up. So, really exciting stuff uh, going on, and um, really happy that uh, people seem to be pleased with this show. And uh, you know, we'll try and you know, it's a learning process. Uh, this is new for me, and hosting a show by myself sometimes is a little difficult. I I mentioned how we've had a little bit of a hiatus. I actually had recorded a show two weeks ago. Um, so we've been off for two weeks. Mike Adelic's been off for two weeks. I keep saying we. What am I, psychotic? It's me. I've been off for two weeks. And uh, I guess I say we because I'm, I'm talking to you guys. You guys are here here with me, uh, metaphorically. So uh, I, I did a show and I just didn't like it. Um, I really didn't like it at all. I, I felt like my thoughts were not um, as cohesive as, as I wanted them to be. And uh, so I just didn't even put it out. And I actually tried to record another episode but then something wound up happening with the file and it wound up getting so I was just like hey I guess I guess I need a break for a week or something um but so that's it really I hope you guys didn't miss me I mean there's so far we've done about 14 15 episodes um I think this will be the 15th episode and uh yeah we got I'm, I'm really excited for the future of this show as I learn and grow and as you guys give me feedback and support um, you know this is a, a learning process a journey and uh, we're gonna grow together we're gonna do this thing together it's gonna be awesome I'm really psyched for next week's guest uh, we're gonna have a cool show next week for you um, actually I think I'm gonna put out two episodes next week don't hold me to that but I think I'm gonna put up two episodes for next week but we'll see. I might save one and hold it in the tank, just uh, as they say in the biz, just in case I have a uh, an issue where I can't record like I, like what happened last week. 
you know, I share a studio space here at Gas Digital Network, and there's amazing shows here at, at Gas Digital Network. You can go to gasdigitalnetwork.com and see all the shows. And um, they also need the space here, too. So sometimes there's scheduling conflicts and whatnot. But I am grateful to be doing this show. I am grateful for the owners of Gas Digital that they let me do it here. And, uh, and yeah, so next week should be cool. I will be attending all weekend long the Horizons Psychedelic Conference here in New York City. Some great speakers. There's Rick Doblin will be there. I'm going to an after party with Duncan Trussell where he's going to tell psychedelic stories. So that's going to be really cool. I am pumped for that. If anybody is in the New York area, please check it out. Uh, the Horizons Conference should be really, really cool, very informative. A lot of people doing great things. And with that being said, that'll transition into, I guess, what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is I just it, – it's, uh, you know, this Horizons conference that's coming up and the psychedelic uh, talks, the people, the pioneers that are in this space right now is really an amazing, amazing thing. I think we're, we're entering into a, a beautiful place in history right now, at least in, in America, where there is this psychedelic renaissance happening and what – it couldn't be a better time that we that this is emerging now, and I think that I have some thoughts about where you know how this came to be and and what happened and a lot of these uh a lot of these people that we're seeing now in this in this psychedelic movement have been working at this for a long time. I mentioned Rick Doblin, and uh, you know you've probably heard me talk about Rick Doblin many times, the uh, head of Maps, the multi multidisciplinary i always i it's a it's really a, a mouthful multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies there you go um i guess i'll disclose something too on the podcast that uh not many people know about but i i do have a, a bit of dyslexia so it um it definitely interferes with uh with some things some writing sometimes i i write a little uh backwards and some words i just won't let me say in the correct way. I have to um, practice a little bit more for that. But uh, anyhow, the the conference should be great. And these psychedelic pioneers who have been working uh, a long time in this field, Alex Gray and, you know, visionary artists and painters and uh, psychedelic researchers, people from Johns Hopkins University and, excuse me, People like Dennis McKenna of the Hefter Institute and Arrowhead and all these amazing, amazing uh, places. They're doing wonderful things to help bring psychedelics into the mainstream. I mean, this is this is what, you know, this is the manifestation of the of an of an emergence of a new culture. And that that is what we want to strive for, and that at least that's what I'm striving for here. Because when you take a look around at the current climate, the current cultural climate, if you will, I mean, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. Uh, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to look at and be um, you know thinking positively about. There's a lot of good in the world. There's a lot of light shining through, but. You know, there there really is this prevailing kind of thick molasses that's uh, on top that stifles 
creativity that stifles new ideas and solutions and innovations and progress and you know that stifles a, a psychedelic minded culture from emerging and and why is that you know it's it's because we we let the bullies take over we we let the bullies rule with an iron fist we let the the people in the suits the lawyers and the you know the people in Washington and the the deep state, the people that surround the the uh, the Beltway there. You know the defense contractors and the um, intelligence community and the the people that ma- are making money off of essentially uh, not good things. <laughs> to 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 trump that statement, not good. They're not doing very nice things. They're doing very wrong things. It's absolutely horrible. I can't stop doing Trump uh, impressions, by the way. If you want to see them, go on YouTube. And uh, I did some on my Snapchat. But, uh, but this, is a, you know, this is a fight. This is a battle that we have to win. And you know, I, I talk about this a lot, but it's almost like uh, us, whatever you want to call us, drug users, psychedelic enthusiasts, um, you know, psychonauts, consciousness, cowboys, you know, pioneers of the psychedelic astral plane, higher consciousness evolving beings, whatever you want to refer to us as, whatever people want to label themselves as, is fine with me. But the but we have to fight and win if we want to restore i guess balance to the force is what i would say you know to to use a star wars um to to, to use star wars jargon i mean that 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 is one one of the reasons why i love star wars so much and some people criticize me for for liking star wars saying it it lacks depth and substance but i mean it really is just the ultimate fight against good and evil and there will always be uh, evil. There will always be a temptation to go down the dark path, the easier path. Um, hold on one second. But as as <laughs> you know, it's we have to try and win the battle of ideas win the the battle that's going on and not to say that we're going to be living in this utopia where just everybody is a peaceful loving caring person with no flaws because that that is just a li- that's a little unrealistic at least for right now i mean i'm not going to i'm not going to sit here and say that we won't eventually i don't hope that eventually we won't evolve to that point maybe potentially human beings will but we're at a time right now and um theoretical physicist Michio Kaku, <laughs> he, uh, he talks about planetary stages, um, type one planets, type one civilizations, and what kind of civilization are we? Well, we're a type zero civilization. You know, we're, we're not, we're, we're at a point right now where we're either going to destroy ourselves by, with, you know all kind of the the stuff that you see on mainstream media school shootings police stomping people and be, and shooting people and killing people um you know incarceration rates dr- the war on drugs uh drone warfare foreign wars you know all this kind of stuff 
the 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 manipulation of the media and the political class we're either going to destroy ourselves and i mean that literally because we live in a time where the technology keeps advancing and we keep building bigger and better weapons i mean Every, anytime there's a scientific innovation, there's a, some some excited scientist. It's like, oh my god, I made a I made a a man a, a manless uh, plane. You can fly this plane. It's autonomous. It'll fly on its own. You don't need to have a person. And then some military guy will say, can we put a bomb on it? You know, that's what they. That's what th- this mechanism that we're in right now. This is how they they think. They are not high consciousness, higher consciousness people. But we're either going to destroy ourselves, blow ourselves up with nuclear weapons, or we're going to avert that disaster and try and really change things. But we're not going to change things by passive resignation, by acquiescence to the status quo by conformity and complacency. We're going to change things by speaking up, speaking out, you know, taking a stand, saying no, peaceful protesting, peaceful resistance, opting out of the game, civil disobedience. You know, these these are ideas talked about by great minds and great thinkers, and one of my all-time favorites, uh, Henry David Thoreau, was a big advocate of civil disobedience. And I really, truly believe that. And another guy that I, I respect and is uh, Howard Zinn, the, the People's History of the United States, where he said, you know, real democracy in action doesn't happen from the top down. It happens from the bottom up. And, you know, that's true. It's, it has to come from the people. Otherwise, if we're getting pushed, we're getting pushed around from the top down and people are just passively resigning and just, you know, tacitly consenting to whatever happens and, yeah, what am I going to do? I can't do anything, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, even with the support that I saw for Bernie Sanders this year, you know, a lot of people with really good intentions, they want to make the world a better place. They want to change things. But it's not going to, ha- I mean, your, your guy, he sold out. He sold out. You know, he did. A real political revolution would have meant that he would have, he would have kept going. He would have kept fighting. He would have done something similar to what uh, Jill Stein or Gary Johnson is doing, running third party. You know, he, would have, he would not have aligned with the enemy to defeat another enemy. Uh, it's just not, uh, it's not revolutionary. And um, that's, that's not going to change history. It's not, and uh, you know, it's hard for me to believe that the, a change in history is going to come from a seventy-eight-year-old man. I mean, you're you're old, you know. You're ending the near, nearing the end of your life. Uh, no, this this happens with the youth. This ha- it happens with young people. When young people are educated, when young people learn what's going on, so that's very important. And I I, I definitely want to do a, another podcast more specifically about that. Uh, Talk to some people involved in that um, the movement of, of educating the youth because uh, this is the most important thing, you know. I have a nephew who's going to be a year old in a month, and I, I watch the videos that, that um, uh, my sister-in-law puts up and uh, 
they're you know you're watching this kid and when I'm around him you're watching this kid and it's it's amazing it's fascinating it's almost a psychedelic experience to watch a child or to be a child it's a psychedelic experience but also to watch a child figure out his environment figure out and learn his surroundings and the range of emotions that a child goes through laughing uncontrollable laughing and and um you know unconditional love and and then to crying and then to you know uh, scared and shy and afraid and just the put piecing together the environment around him you know we bring the we we create life like like gods we create life you know we we manifest things into our into reality we we imagine things in our mind and then we build them they become real we are creators we are as jason silva said we are the gods now and you know what kind of world do we want to have for these kids what what do we want to teach them how do we want them to learn and grow and behave what kind of systems and structures do we want to have in place to help build a better society to strive for better to achieve more to to connect with a higher purpose. I think, you know, is this the best that we can do? Is this the is this the best world that we can give them? Is this the best world that my nephew has? Is Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? You know, this this the the culture that produced that those two that accepts those two? The the culture that accepts the the current established powers and and the and and gets hypnotized by the propaganda and indoctrination by the mainstream media and the and the education system and the undermining of of uh, the average American and, and their intelligence is that the kind of system that is that the best no but we but we just go along we go with the flow and it's a survival instinct it's tribal it's from hunter gatherer times you know you stuck with your tribe and maybe there was a you know there's that Dunbar's number which says that a person can only really have meaningful relationship with 150 people so tribes were probably 150 people or less but it's that it's that evolutionary biological thing inside of us that kept us safe where we stuck together with people who were like us but we don't need that anymore we need to learn how to grow out of that we need to learn how to be more free and be on our own and accept people for who they are and how they want to live and not force anybody to do anything that we don't want them to do you know if we can if we can learn to accept those principles then we can live in a more peaceful, prosperous, and productive society. Well, how do you get? How do you know? How do you get there? Well, as I mentioned before, there's wonderful people in the world doing wonderful things, and these people are fighting a fight, and. I want to do as much as I can to support them and to spread the word and spread the message and, and all that stuff. But you have to, people have to be ready to accept 
a certain kind of message. People have to be open to accepting uh, a different way of thinking or, or something like that. You know, I was talking about uh, the, 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 ch- the child and he grows up and how he learns in the environment. And, you know, one of the revelations I had when I was uh, on my ayahuasca retreat, well, I said, you know, I was like, where, where did this system come? You know, where did this anger and where did I de- where did these emotions that I have that I want to fix and that I want to improve on, where did they come from? Where did they stem from? And I saw... Well, they, they, they were, um, they, it shaped me in early childhood when I was developing and I was picking up on these emotions and I was picking up the stress of my environment. I was picking up the anger in my environment. I was picking all this stuff up and developing coping mechanisms to deal with the pressures that I was developed, that I was being exposed to in my environment from the people around me. But that, but it's also, it's not just from that. I mean, it's from where, where did I get that from? Well, I got that. I got that from the people that were around me, and they got it from the people that were around them, the people that raised them. So, you know, let's just say, for example, because it's a little bit more complicated than this, but let's just use an example. I got it from my parents. They got it from their grand, their parents, and they got that from their parents, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. Well, somebody needs to put a, throw a stick in that wheel. Somebody needs to stop that cycle. How do you do that? You know, I mean, would he, do we just do I just go door to door to three hundred nineteen million Americans and just you know, or or do I or eight billion people around the world and knock on everyone's door and say, hey, uh, I'd like to talk to you about some? No, it has to come. From the prevailing culture, from the the culture, the culture. It, it's it's interesting. Culture, uh, the the what I, what I talk. There's a difference between. Okay, so let me try and see if I can explain this in, in the best way possible. So we're in this like cycle, and we're in this feedback loop essentially. And the feedback loop is is between kind of average ordinary people and then the kind of culture at large. And the culture at large is the prevailing beliefs, the prevailing myths of the culture, the the religious myths of the culture, the political myths of the culture, the the you know the the all kinds of things that we look up to and for to guide us or to shape us or for influence. So in today's world we have, you know, religious institutions, I call them old world power structures. They're old world power structures. The forms of government that we have, the forms of religious institutions that we have, and the propaganda and media that, from basically the media uh, and the intellectual class as well uh, with the education in universities and, and, and whatnot. So these power structures and yes, cor- some corporations and um, companies that that use the power structure to gain advantage you know what i mean it's only people want to blame evil corporations i mean really what they're doing is they're just taking advantage of what the law allows them to do and you know paying people off and and things like that so that's a whole nother top well i mean maybe i can go into it now but it's just like the, the corporations wouldn't be allowed to get away with what they are getting away with if we didn't have the tool 
of oppression that is the state, the, the force and violence that naturally comes out of government. Government is able to enact laws and uh, give people certain kinds of leeways and loopholes to get out of things. So corporations take advantage of, of those things. The market checks those things. And the new emerging market that we're seeing, the new emerging free market that we're seeing is a wonderful, beautiful market. It's a market of people who are want to share best experiences and best practices with, with everyone from ratings and reviews. Um, you know, and we're seeing this with Airbnb, uh, things like, uh, I mean, these podcasts, you know, people speaking from the heart passionately on podcasts, getting real information. But other companies, they're doing great things like Uber, Airbnb, Yelp. Um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, like, GoFundMe or, or these other kind of crowdsourcing funding platforms, Wikipedia, you know, all these resources where just people want to do good, so they support them and they leave good feedback and user reviews. So we have this self-correcting uh, market. We have this, you know, interconnected mar marketplace that we're able to um, form better relationships and have better trust and better communication and intelligence and transparency with each other and even you know things like snapchat you know you go go turn on cnn fox news msnbc you know whatever i mean <laughs> i'm watching all day today all they're talking about is alicia machado trump said this hillary said that it's ridiculous it's ridiculous you know, and then there's whenever something uh, terrible happens, there's always a 24-hour thing about, you know, be afraid, be scared. You know, there's people coming to get you. ISIS, what are we going to do about ISIS? Go on Snapchat. Just go on Snapchat and just look at the stories that people are sharing from all around the world. You know, from Dubai to Turkey to uh, Thailand to Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, um, Peru you know, all over the place. People are uploading stories of life and love and happiness and freedom and just sharing great, wonderful things. You don't see that on the news. There's no, there's no report on the news. It's like, hey, let's see this, uh, this soccer team that's, uh, actually that's, what <laughs> I saw a story about like, uh, kids playing soccer or whatever with like a milk carton and they were like really happy and in like India. And it's like, that's great. I mean, look, these people are living, a lot of these people are living abject poverty, yet some way, some way they find a way to focus on the positive and stay happy, happy, healthy, and free. So I think that, you know, we live in this world of duality. You know, we live in, and I really, I believe that, you know, we, we, this is the way it is, you know, it is the way it is, there, there is the dark and there is the light, and that's what there is, but we have developed technologies now that connect us, that humanize us more, like I was talking to Snapchat, about Snapchat, more of an interpersonal human connection is available to people. And we can, we are shrinking, you know, the, the quote unquote uh, village 
where Marshall McLuhan says is the the global village. You know the the connection that the the internet allows for us to have, but at the same time, it is also a double-edged sword. But everything is a double-edged sword, and that's the duality that I, that I'm speaking of. But if we learn how to If we learn, if we learn how to, well, basically, if we learn, really, is what it is. The, the only way that you're, you're going to learn in this world is by educating yourself. The only way that you're going to learn is by trying to seek the truth and by trying to acquire as much wisdom as you possibly can. Because you're not going to get that stuff from, from the mainstream culture. And, um, you know, it's just all, all we see, like I said before, it's just these police run, run rampant, shooting people, school shootings, you know, the crazy election, all this kind of stuff. These, these are not things that are indicative of a cult of a, a wise society. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that are in positions of power that are smart people. They're not dumb, but they, they're not wise. They lack wisdom. They have knowledge. They have information, but they don't have wisdom. They don't have connection. They don't have empathy. They don't have understanding and love. And that's something that we're, we're really lacking in the, in the culture at large. You know, we, we see these the Republican senators and whatnot that, you know, the fundamental Christian people that say that they're devout, holy people and, and whatnot, but they're not. They're not. <laughs> Even if they want to believe that they are, they have themselves tricked. You can't be and be that kind of person. You just can't be. But it's it's this weird kind of like material reductionist, rational kind of um, cold, calculating scientific mind of, of of well I'm a good you know I'm a good Christian I go to church every Sunday and I say the mass and then uh, I go and I have a nice family dinner and then I go and I work I go to work and then I come home and you know I I, I play some golf I'm a good citizen I contribute to a charity and I do my part. And I'm a good citizen. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for these people, but I doubt it if any of these people have any idea what a real, true, spiritual connection is like. What really having an enlightening, awakening moment connecting with a Buddha consciousness, a Jesus-like consciousness, really embodying that space and seeing through the eyes of those teachers gaining that wisdom and, and integrating it into their lives they they I, I mean I I don't think that they have that at all they have this fear-based mentality you know the fear the fear of the Lord you know the <laughs> the fear of God put the fear of God in you you know I'm a good God-fearing Christian you know and that that is these old world power structures who want to control populations of people, who want to shape the world the way that they want things to be, religion, government. 
they don't want people to have a true spiritual enlightenment. They don't want people to have true wisdom. They don't want people to have an awakening. And they don't want people to have a real connection, a real deep spiritual connection. Uh, they don't want us to partake in finding things out for ourselves. You know, that's the thing that psychedelics does. It, it provides you with a direct experience where you all of a sudden have epiphanies and have unconventional thoughts, feelings and emotions, senses of, senses of reality and truth and wisdom. And it's undeniable. Nobody can take that away from me. Nobody. And I'm not, I'm not going to get mad. And that's one of the things I, I told, uh, I think I, I had a show, but I said this once before. You know, if, if these people, these very devout religious people, when you question their religion, when you criticize their religion, when you, when you, you know, make fun of their religion, they get defensive and they get angry and they'll lash out at you. Question psychedelics. Question a awakening experience. Question, you know, uh, meditation, yoga. I'm not going to get mad and defensive. The only thing I'm going to say is try it for yourself. See for yourself. I really truly believe that if we have a society of people that are allowed to experience things for themselves, see things for themselves, and try things for themselves, we would live in a much better place, a much peaceful place. Of course, there needs to be some elements involved in that, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. I think that the people of the 60s, during that time, the 60s in America, and I, I, I guess you could say maybe some other places too in Europe or, or so but specifically in America where we had people taking large amounts of LSD smoking marijuana and waking up to the fact that like this is all fucking bullshit everything that you tell me everything that I see everything that I've learned my whole life all this good natured well I'm a good good natured American white picket fence with two car garage a nuclear family and uh, we go to church and uh, get the howdy doody time you know this is all nonsense there's this this illusion that's been that's been put onto us this spell this kind of matrix that's been coded into our culture you know, culture, like Terrence McKenna says, culture is an operating system, like on a computer. And currently, right now, we're running, we're running like, uh, you know, Windows Death or something. It's a horrible culture, but it's a good culture for the people who are at the top, the people who programmed it. They're the ones that are winning, but we're all losing. But these people in the '60s who were expanding their minds and. Uh, and figuring things out for themselves and realizing that all of this is nonsense and that love is all there is and that, you know, we can all get along if, as long as we're, you know, having uh, respect for each other. The problem was there was, it was, it all kind of happened. Like it was like a, someone pulled the a dam and the water just started flowing in. It, it was just like a monsoon of waking up and there was really no kind of tribal old elders to guide the experience and help people integrate into their lives. But I think we have that now. I think we learned the lessons of the 60s. We learned where the 
mistakes uh, where the mistakes went. And, you know, you can't go back and change the past and you can't rewrite history, but we can learn and we can improve. And I think we have those people now, you know, people that are still around. I listen to, uh, you know, uh, Raghu Marcus on Ramdas Be Here Now, uh, the Love Serve Remember Network and Mind Rolling with uh, David Silver, you know, people of, of that, uh, El Krishna Das and the people that emerged out of the 60s uh, with that, uh, the new wave of, of Buddhism and Zen, Alan Watts, you know, and Terrence McKenna, Timothy Leary, these guys, they still exist and they're online, and you can find them everywhere, and you can learn from them. And I have, and I've learned from them. And they're kind of like these wise old elder ghosts that are lingering around in the netherworld of the internet abyss and just kind of preaching from the, from the grave and, and, gu- and helping guide those, you know, find the others, the ones that want to wake up and, and, and help them wake up. And we have new people, you know, like I mentioned before, Rick Doblin out of the came out of the eighties and you know, but there's the that that sixties wave that happened got the hammer thrown down on them. The anti war crowd, the civil rights crowd, you know, and where did that hammer come from? It came from the prevailing power structure of the time. You know, the people that have the older generation of people who looked at them and said, these kids are crazy because they have believed a truth their whole lives. They have believed something their whole life. And now these these people are coming along, coming along trying to wake everybody up. And it challenges your, your beliefs. It challenges your illusions. When it rattles the cage, when it shakes you up, and it challenges the power structure. And the power structure has one job, to stay in power. And so that's where you got, you know, Nixon creating the war on drugs and Lyndon B. Johnson with his great society that actually oppressed more people than it helped and still continues to do this day. But these people were waking up. They were questioning. They were having fundamental, philosophical, deep questions coming from these profound experiences. And they were waking up to the fact that, oh yeah, all this, all this stuff, all this um, stuff that we call life was just created by the cultural engineers of the operating system that want to shape and mold society and civilization to be how they see fit. The do-gooders who want everybody else to follow, fall in line and follow their plans for the way that they want to shape the world. And most of the time, those people are the people that are most afraid and need psychedelics the most. I don't know who, I think it was Tim Leary who said it was uh, the, uh, the person who, the, <laughs> I forget the quote, like the, the scariest person is the person who doesn't uh, take LSD because they're the ones that are most insane. I don't know, something like that. I'll find it, post it later on social media. But, you know, these people, um, we just let these people take over because we've built institutions. Because what our, our first, first, the dawn of awakening of mankind where we were evolving and figuring out the world. We had all these questions about how the world should be and what it should look like. So we, we just kept trying new things and new things. 
And we've had bloody revolution after bloody revolution. And each time we think we've come up with a new strategy, but we keep inventing these Frankenstein monsters. We have these creations that then turn into these leviathans and kill us. They wind up killing us. You know, we're like, okay, we're going to start a government this time, but we're going to limit it. Now look how good that's went. You know, look at how yeah, these religions that they're just so, I mean, anybody that's had a psychedelic experience can tell you, you know, that, that these, these religions like Catholicism and Islam and all this stuff, I mean, it's, it's just such a bunch of malarkey. Well, I think that's the first time I ever said malarkey in my life. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit, man. Sure, some of the teachings are probably okay, I guess, from Jesus or whatever. I never really delved too much into it, but these people that were in the 60s having this moment, waking up, challenging the status quo, challenging the established power, trying to create a new world, trying to push humanity forward with peace, love, prosperity, progress. Think of another P. I can't think of another P. PP. They wanted to keep, they wanted to awaken and they wanted to do this stuff. And they were, they were on, they were, I bet they fucking felt like, man, the world is ours. We're going to change this stuff, man. That Nixon, he's going to be out of power. We're going to take over and, and things are going to be right. We're going to right the wrongs of the world. I bet they really felt like real revolutionaries. A lot of those people got killed. Martin Luther King Jr., Robert Kennedy, John Lennon. A lot of those people got killed. Why'd they get killed? They're cha challenging the, the power, fighting the power. That's the that's the most dangerous. H. L. Mencken uh, quote he said, author H. L. Mencken, the most dangerous man to any government is the man who can think things out for himself. And you know if he's a, a, able to avoid the prevailing status quo and taboos and myths of the time he's most certain to come to the conclusion that uh, the government he lives under is criminal, tyrannical, and oppressive. And that's what we're up against here. You know, we're peace-loving people, psychedelically-minded people are up against uh, violent bullies. Violent uh, bullies who are afraid. Afraid of their own mortality is really what, what it comes down to. You know that that is the <laughs> that is the the thing that's that's the through line through this is wh what are we doing here? Who are we? You know, questioning what does it mean to be human? What kind of predicament are we in? What kind of circumstance? What kind of situation is this? What does it mean? What can we do? What should we do? What happens uh, after we die? Do we know? No, we don't know. You know, it's much tougher to live in the mystery of life and in the wonder and the amazement. And it's, I find it to be much more blissful than to just think that you have everything all figured out. And a lot of these people, that's what it, well, that's what it is. They're, they're afraid. They're afraid of their own mortality. They're afraid of their humanness, that puritanical kind of uh, ethic that, that's, that's prevailing through American culture. That kind of like, you know, they're afraid of their own creatureliness. So they try and, you know, polish everything up and make it square and make it fit and make it appear nice and push the dirt under the rug and that kind of stuff. And, 
But these are questions that we just don't hear. And there's no, there is no connection to, there's no tunnel or path right now to these questions in the mainstream culture. You can get it here. You can get an alternative. You can get it on Mikeadelic. You can get it on Part of the Problem. You can get it on, that's my other podcast. You can get it on um, all kinds of other wonderful places. Uh, online, alternative media is what we call it now. But nothing's going to change if we don't change the, 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 our, connect, our connection. Our connection with ourselves, our humanity, knowing who we are, where we are, our connection with the environment, the earth, the universe, the cosmos, all of this stuff with animals, everything. The world that we live in, we are so numb and detached from, and, and we live in this toxic culture where we, it's, it's designed against our, our, our best interests. We're going against the grain. It's beating us down. We're developing all kinds of diseases and, and sicknesses and illnesses. People are stressed. People are, you know, getting cancer like crazy and all this stuff. And so in the 60s, you had people that were asking those fundamental questions. What it means to be human. What it means, what, what is, what's, what's real love? What is sex relationships and what is all of this all this stuff that we were told that we should believe and we should buy into they were questioning it questioning authority questioning the message questioning the culture and trying to create a new culture and to a certain extent they kind of did but they definitely did have the hammer dropped on them but now nowadays we're seeing a new you know, underground, I guess, still, but more kind of mainstreaming. I mean, it seems like to me almost every day that I see, and maybe it's just because of the where I follow, but it seems like to me that there's certain publications and articles and 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 uh, and places where I where that are reporting on oh the be- the benefits of LSD and the benefits of psilocybin and MDMA and you know, it seems like that it is kind of starting to crack through a little bit. And so we need to push this forward because we need to live in we need to live in a world where people where people respect people where pe- where the the dignity of the individual is is upheld and we cherish the we cherish people's uh, pursuit of happiness and and pleasure and direct experience with connection connecting to a higher source or whatever uh, it is and if you look at every indigenous culture that existed, I mean, the, the one thing that they got right was the, the tribal community element of the culture where they would cleanse themselves of the cultural conditioning because that's what psychedelics do. Psychedelic drugs cleanse you of cultural conditioning. When you take psychedelic drugs, when you take enough psychedelic drugs, you get a feeling that you are instantly... You're that you are just you're not you're not this Metallica shirt that I'm wearing right now and these headphones that are on me and the jeans and the Nike sneakers that I'm wearing and the you know the the magazine of Men's Health that has a guy with six pack abs on it and says that you could be this too and you know all this kind of stuff that we're told this is what we should be and who we are no you all that stuff gets wiped away and the only thing that's staying there is the truth 
And the truth is that we are just these kind of, you know, <laughs> I saw a quote today, today that said something like, don't worry, there's nothing to worry about because we're just goats, we're just ghosts inside of meat sacks bound around skeleton that was made from stardust. So why worry? And I love that. I just, I love that because when you take psychedelics, you crack through all the bullshit and you get to the real truth of the real nature of things. That is, we are all this kind of almost ineffable thing. We are something. We are consciousness experiencing and, and learning itself through a vast different, vastly different perspectives. You know, see, there's another quote that I'm going to mess up, but it's something like, I want to see the world. I want to travel the world and see the world, but I also want to travel, but I also want to see the world through the eyes of every person in the world, you know, something like that. And that's really what I have a strong feeling that life is like, that we're all made up of the same thing. We're all this kind of consciousness, this awareness that's experiencing and learning it's about itself from the from different perspectives, you know. It's a cool game, you know. It's a fucking cool game because it would be kind of boring just to be like a th one, just one ball of energy of consciousness just floating in space somewhere just doing nothing, you know. But the fact that we're able to be inside of these meat suits and have all kinds of diversity and, and, and differences and because that's what it is. We're, when, when I'm advocating for here is not for you, some utopian vision where we're all unified and everybody's like, you know, peace and love and caring and, uh, you know, chat, like, no, just people that have those, the, just a, a society that's free enough to let people express those options uh, when they want to. So that's what it is, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about this further, and I think uh, I think we will, but due to some time constraints in the studio, I'll have to slow down on this rant that I'm going on right now, but I just want to end with a, a quote from Edward Bernays, uh, who wrote the book Propaganda and was one of the largest influencers in uh, this modern culture that we live in. And he says, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed. Our minds are molded. Our tastes are formed. Our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is the logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they were to live together in a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether it is in the sphere of politics, business, or social conduct, ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. Thank you again for listening to Mike Adelic. Please, if you like the show, 
subscribe, go to iTunes, leave a nice rating and review, and uh, share it with your friends. And also go to my website, mikebrank.com, and you'll see the Amazon links on there and the Patreon and Audible, and you can support me uh, that way at no extra cost to you. I love you guys. Peace. Till next time. Thank you.